Welcome to Conversate, a podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke, and Kevin Bender are engaging in a conversation about the mission that we have been placed on. We're wrapping up our sermon series, uh, One for All, All for One, by looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, but also uh, heavily bringing in the Great Commission, uh, Jesus' parting words to his disciples from Matthew chapter 28. We really hope you enjoy it. Well, hey there, Kevin. Hey, good afternoon, Aaron. Good afternoon. Yeah, good morning to you, listener, uh, tuning here in in the morning. Or good evening to you, listener, tuning in in the evening. You night owl, you. <laughs> <laughs> wonder what that would be like to listen to this podcast in the evening. If you were an evening listener, you let us know. Hey, we, uh, we are ready and poised, I think, to talk about the Great Commission. That's right. This is our mission, the Great Commission. I think so. Um, yeah, we wrapped up a sermon series on Sunday mm-hmm. uh, under the theme All for One Mission. And we, we lo- I remember when we were putting this series together, you know, and we looked at the kind of first, first Corinthians 16 at the very end. And it's normally in like your Bible reading or um, uh, sometimes even like in our church body, we follow, we sometimes follow a lectionary, which are pr- like pre prescribed um, Bible readings to, to read, to get you through the Bible in a certain amount of time and that kind of stuff. The, these are the portions of scripture that don't make it into the lectionary, right. I think. Yeah, they don't. I checked. Did you? <laughs> yeah. And they don't make it oftentimes into our normal Bible reading just because we, you get to it and you're sort of like, I don't know, I didn't really like learn anything about Jesus from that. I didn't learn anything about forgiveness or salvation. Really, I don't think. Um, because 1 Corinthians 16 is, is the end of Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so it's just kind of his, his greetings to them, his farewells to them, his instructions to them, that sort of stuff. Um, but... The more scripture that I've read, like the, the more that I've gotten into reading scripture throughout life, the more that I've actually learned to appreciate these portions of scripture. Why is that, Pastor I Well, because it, for me, it kind of locates scripture in reality, mm-hmm. you know, um, more than just like these, a lot of people think of Christianity kind of as like, like theoretical ideas, philosophies, theologies, just these things kind of of the mind or yeah. this you know, out there, like spiritual kind of stuff. When in actuality, what we see here is that Paul, this guy is dealing with real people in real time, in real places. He's got plans. He's going this way. He's going that way. He's doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And what we realize, and you preached it, he's, we're, we're all for one mission because everything he's describing there is part of his mission, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it. I, well, I agree with you, man. I agree with you like that it's so helpful to be brought back into kind of the history of our faith, yeah. right? I mean, that's something that's kind of wild uh, to think about is that we are, <laughs> yeah, we, didn't, we don't just exist in here and now as right. the Christian church um, and not even in this space, you know, here and now we, we do, but also around the world yeah. and through history, uh, all these different churches, like there's this huge, uh, I don't know, timeline 
of events and of churches uh, moving and acting and working in the world. And, uh, and here we have documented one of the first. Yeah. Right? One of the first. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I loved in your, in your sermon even how you, you pointed out some, some great realities, you know, just this reality that uh, the, this, this letter, Paul's letter to 1 Corinthians, is, is one of a couple of letters that was written to the Corinthian church. Uh, but this one probably took place 20, 30 years after the resurrection of Jesus. And we're, and, and we're dealing with a church that's a thousand miles away from Jerusalem. Just some of these realities that 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 early church and that early word of God just started and moved and started and moved and started and moved. Um, and, I mean, Paul played a huge role mm-hmm. in that. And, and we see it as he's naming names and making connections and going to cities and all, all of that kind of stuff. And it's just... It's cool to cool to look back and see the 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 reality of our Christian faith. So. Totally, totally, and I think it's also neat to see like um, you look at this church that existed, you know, two thousand years ago now, almost, and uh, well, they're doing some of the similar things that we do, right? Yeah. Like you had an instruction to take up an offering uh, because there's some people in need, and you know, for us up here in in Houghton, that was. Yeah really relevant because over the weekend we had a fire yeah. uh, in, in a, a town nearby Calumet um, yeah. and we're looking to help them out right. so like hey let's collect the offerings like, right. this is good to do right. and we say oh well, there's a precedent for that right. and even that far ago they were doing some of the same kinds of stuff right. really the mission hasn't changed right. I mean that's that's the other crazy thing is that we've gone this far this long and yet we're wrapped up and engaged in uh, the same task that the disciples of Jesus yeah. were tasked with. And that's cool. It is. I don't know that I always feel as connected to them right. as maybe I could feel. Right. Right? Because uh, we are also disciples yes. of Jesus. Right. Right. Jesus gave those instructions, and then he ascended into heaven. Yeah. Right? And so we are in the same we're we're the same we're in the same place as the disciples were even in that moment. So the instructions of from Jesus, you know, he did not he's not issued new instructions to the church now. The instructions are still the same. Mm-hmm. You know, make make disciples of all nations. I was gonna say yeah. You know, we've we've alluded already to the Great Commission. We should probably just say it for the sake of there you our go. peers. But yeah. so Matthew twenty eight, uh, kind of verses eighteen to twenty. Yeah. Um, it's the very last verses of the Gospel of Matthew, and it says, uh, you know, Jesus said to the disciples, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. Right. Um, and there's a lot wrapped up in just those couple verses, really. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Even that first, you know, as I said it there, I said, you know, therefore go and yeah. make disciples. And that's not even probably the best translation of right. it, right? Right, I think, yeah, we know kind of looking at the Greek grammar that um, that it, the, the word there is not an imperative. So an imperative, like, in the Greek language is that command language, go, do this. Um, it's actually, oh man, now I forget the, I forget the term. Don't ask me. Gosh, <laughs> you're in the sub closer than I. Participle. Yeah, something uh, like that. Subjective. But it's, it, the way, the, maybe a better translation is as you are going. Right. Or while you are going. Mm-hmm. So, 
This isn't it's, something that's disconnected from the life that the disciples will continue to live. Correct. That's kind of what Jesus is saying. Yeah. And, and I would say also in our context, it's not, the Great Commission is not something other than what you are currently doing. Mm-hmm. But, and what I mean by that is the places that you are and the relationships that you're in. Right. You, you, like, God is not saying, stop what you're doing, quit your job and go to Africa. Mm-hmm. That's not what the Great Commission is. But as you are going to your work, as you are going on a walk in your neighborhood, as you are going about your parenting, as you are going uh, to school, as you are going in, in all these places, now while you're doing that, make disciples. Yeah. Um, and, and we're going we're gonna to be talking about this even more, I think, uh, next week, the week after that, uh, as we have a, another sermon series that, that kind of continues in this, in this logic and, and flushes it out in some specific realms. Um, but yeah, it's, this, is, this is that reality that w- while we're going, we are called to make disciples. Um, and, and again, not to get too far ahead of myself because we're gonna, I don't want to repeat the same thing next week, but oh, it bears sure. repeating what is a disciple? Mm-hmm. It's a follower of Jesus, uh, somebody who is, who is learning and growing and maturing in, in the ways of Jesus and in the uh, like Jesus. So I'm glad you told us what a disciple is, Aaron, because I was going to ask. Okay. I'm honest, you know, like that's something, it's not language that we use a lot, right? right? A disciple language. I mean, we hear about it in the Bible, but I don't think most of us outside of that are like, yeah, I'm a disciple of music. You know? Right, <laughs> right. I'm a disciple of, uh, you know, I don't know, some new Netflix show. Right. But that's the reality, right? We are, um, those of you who are listening, I mean, you are being discipled. Mm. The question is, who or what is discipling you? Mm. Right? What are you being discipled by? Are you being discipled by Jesus, or are you being discipled by, oh, I don't know, NPR or Fox News? Sure. <laughs> or CNN or Facebook, you know? Right. Um, We've got all sorts of voices that we can choose whether or not to listen to or choose whether or not to maybe form our lives around or by. Yeah. And I say choose, but sometimes we listen to things and we don't, we don't even necessarily actively choosing to form our lives around what we're hearing, but right. like we're affected by what we hear. Right. Right. It shapes us. <laughs> it molds our, what we think about and, and then that starts to mold what we act, act out and do. Um, yeah. And so this call for discipleship is really just a call to keep hearing from Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, and then to also speak, of Jesus, right? Can yeah. Get him on our lips. Absolutely, and on our hands, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Um, we talk, and I, I maybe we've talked about it in the podcast. If so, well, hear it again, right? But we talk about holistic discipleship, right? Uh, and talking about holistic discipleship, we talk about the four H's. Um, just kind of a good reminder that a head, heart, hands, and habits, right? That um, that we want to be shaped in all of those manners by Jesus and by the Great Commission. So it's one thing to know of salvation and to, to know that you are forgiven, to know the scriptures. That's one thing, but that's not it. We also believe it with our hearts. We actually, we actually come to this place where we want to repent of our sin and turn away from that and turn to Jesus and feel at peace, you know, and feel that love and forgiveness. But that's not it, because if it were just head and heart, then it would just be for me. Yeah. But we know because of the Great Commission that it's not just for me, but it's Jesus working in me and through me, 
through my through my hands as I and incorporate in that our you know our lips everything that we do yeah. um, in our lives as people who have been saved and forgiven and chosen and baptized and sent into this world and and then we ought to do those things habitually um, to continue to grow and and serve in the name of Jesus and I suppose you almost have to like that habits piece is so important because. When something isn't a habit, right, then it's something that, yeah, you kind of lose track of, right? It falls mm. off. It, uh, you know, like this is me working out my whole life. I start for two weeks, go strong, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I take a six-month break. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, you kind of preached about that yesterday. Mm. Um, I'm sorry. This is released on Wednesday. You preached about that last Early Sunday. this week. Yeah. yeah. Whenever it was, on May 20. Third, there you go. May twenty third, you preached about um, this reality and this experience. You gave one experience in your life of this time that you were a camp counselor, when you know when you were older than the other camp counselors. And but you had you used that kind of as an image of like you just kind of felt lost in life, like mm. disjointed, kind of chaotic, not knowing why you were in that place or what you were doing in that place. Um, yeah, can you say can you say a little bit more about that? Like, what did that what did that kind of experience? How did that affect your understanding of the Great Commission? Even if you mm. did, you even think about it that way? Well, exactly. I mean, and I think I mentioned that too in the sermon was that at the time I wasn't thinking about the Great Commission at all, right? Um, but now, like putting that back on that time, um, yeah, like we've all been like. Maybe you've heard it say we've all we all have like a, a God shaped hole in our hearts, right? Yeah. Like we're all born with this kind of desire for God to fill the space. Yeah. And without that, you feel a little bit, well, incomplete. Hmm. You know, you're going to because nothing else in this world will ever fill up that that hole in your heart. Uh, no other person can do that. They'll let you down some way. No uh, career or job or or skill you have will do that because at some point you'll <laughs> lose your ability to do that and then you'll be lost. Uh, to yourself, um, so so we have this God-shaped hole. But then I think we also have, um, we all have this desire for purpose, like greater purpose with our lives. Like we want, we want to make an impact in the world. We want to make a difference, you know. But how? How do mm. we do that? You know. And uh, you know, sometimes we can find that in maybe the work that we're doing. But for me, at that time, I. I didn't really see the connection for me. Like I graduated with one degree in business, which I didn't honestly put a whole lot of thought into either. So I got out and I was doing that and I didn't, you know, I didn't love that. Mm. It didn't resonate with me as like, man, this is really like what I feel like I'm, I'm here on this earth to do. Um, and then I'm at camp and now I'm not using my business degree. And um, it was, in some ways it was walking more towards for me what I felt God had created me for. Okay. You know, which I think is part of this, like, in this Great Commission task, right? It's as you go. So it, it, we all have a different set of skills in different places that we're going to. So, again, this isn't a call to drop what you're doing and go to the seminary or go be a camp counselor. But for me, it was, I was now stepping a little bit more into a place that God was going to reveal to me, look, I've gifted you in certain skills. Mm. Um, here's a place where I've now, I've now sent you. And for me, the whole experience was very disjointed, very random, because I didn't see it as, hey, God is actually, like, with me. Right. You know, God is actually, he's taking me on a journey, 
and he is trying to get me somewhere. Right? Yeah. Um, I didn't really have that sense. It was more like I felt like the pinball machine. You know, I'm just this ball that's getting launched, and I'm bouncing all around in my life, and maybe one day I'll figure it out, but it's not right now. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, you know, obviously, God had it figured out. And so he's, he's taking me on this journey and putting me in places where, um, I guess eventually, he's trying to get me to connect the dots and see that he has purpose for me in, in my life now, in this, in this world, and a huge part of that purpose is sharing what I know about Jesus, right? Yeah. And camp was a great opportunity to do that, because that's the whole point of being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, in some ways, that's easier than this, I think, this task for a lot of people who aren't in a, you know, that's a, they're telling me to do that mm. <laughs> at camp. At, at your workplace, they're not saying, hey, can you please tell everyone about Jesus? Yeah, right. yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. I, I think, like, what I, what I remember you saying in the sermon, too, is just this kind of this connection between, um, well, <laughs> it's a couple, of, a couple of things, big, big things, but the connection between the resurrection of Jesus our identity in Jesus and, and the fact that we are on this great commission mm-hmm. gives us great purpose for living our lives. Right. So all of these things are in play. And this is, Paul's been dealing with all this stuff. We've got we to gotta remember, like, um, he didn't, you know, Jesus did not just say to his disciples, okay, go ahead. But he's, he's been teaching them. He's been forming them, shaping them, all this stuff. So... In, in all of that theology, the resurrection of Jesus is the thing that changes everything. You said this, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so so Paul, the reason Paul is on mission is because Jesus rose from the dead. Right. That is it. Yep. it, it Paul, Paul just said in chapter 15, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, this is all in vain. Or be pitied yeah. among, yeah, more yeah. than the rest of the world. Yeah. yeah. Right. So he... We read that on Easter, so that was a number of weeks ago. Right. We skipped over it before this, but so the resurrection is the reason for the mission. Right. I mean, it's the reason for the church. It, it absolutely is is everything that we have. It's the reason for hope. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. The reason for hope, which, um, yeah, I was going to say there's a book by that title, but it's actually called "Surprised by Hope" by N.T. Wright, which is a a great a great book. If you haven't read it. Read it. It'll help you uh, understand the uh, practicalities of what the resurrection means for you. But resurrection and our identity in the resurrection, mm-hmm. right? That we too will be raised, right? I mean, that's also First Corinthians fifteen. We will we will be raised. Jesus Christ is the first fruits mm-hmm. of of the resurrection, um, and so therefore we believe that we too will be raised, just like Christ. Um, our first first fruits of the new creation, I should say, to quote the Bible correctly. Um, so we will be raised. So that is our that is our hope. That is our identity now, um, and 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 then the great commission, right? So Jesus gives the great commission um, because these things are true. Mm. Um, because these things are true, that's why. Okay, go and be on mi- mission. Be my witnesses. Acts one eight. You. That's af- Acts one eight happens after the resurrection. I mean, the great commission happens after the resurrection. Mm. You'll be my witnesses. Go and do this. I have all authority. I'm sending the power of the Holy Spirit upon you. Right. Go. Like I'm. I'm going with you. Um, so all of that is in play. And because all that's in play, I mean, you think about that. Every one of us then who confess the name of Jesus have incredible purpose. So many people that I talk to struggle with this. Some of these, like the, especially the, 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 the issues of identity mm-hmm. and purpose. 
right? So what's my, you know, our, our world is telling us that our identity is wrapped up in political affiliation, your, your, I mean, they even said your gender yeah, identity, your sexual preference, sure. your, your work, all, all of these things. Mm -hmm. that, that somehow that's your identity. No, your identity is um, your child of God, mm -hmm. right? You're a child of God, created by him, claimed by him. If you're baptized, you're baptized by him into his name, united in his death and resurrection. Like, that is your identity. Yeah. I mean, you just shared with me. What did you say when you woke up this morning? Oh, yeah. I woke up and I was just like, I'm a, I'm a baptized child of God. You know, like, I'm, I'm in the family. I'm in. I'm right. alive. Uh, which means I don't got to spend my whole day worrying that I'm, like, somehow not good enough. Like, yeah. God has already claimed me as his. And this is, I think, part of like, uh, like Luther's morning prayer. You know, part of the idea behind it is like, just wake up and remind yourself, dude, you're baptized. You're yeah. in. You yeah. don't have to do anything today to be on good terms with God. Right. It's already and done. I, and I find that reality makes me much more um, desiring to be on mission than in his name. Mm -hmm. um, because I know that he goes with me. I know that I'm not... I know that I'm not doing this to earn favor with him or merit points with him. Mm -hmm. I'm simply doing, I, I want to live according to the mission that he's given so that others will, will, will know. Will, yeah. They will see my good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Right? And also experience this. So like when I, I don't always just, you know, I don't always wake up in the morning <laughs> and have that clarity of mind and say, wow. I'm forgiven and redeemed. This is awesome. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't always do that, but when I do, same thing, same experience. It's like, man, my day is just—it's awesome. Yeah. It's already good. I want other people to be able to say that too, right? Yeah. Like, I want them to experience what it's like to not be worried at all, uh, and not have to try to have any sort of validation in your life. Like, no one needs to validate me. <laughs> Nothing I do needs to validate me. I'm already validated right. by God, and that gives you incredible. Yeah, incredible value and purpose. And right. But if, I, I think we have to, if you, if you don't have the mission, mm -hmm. the Great Commission tied into that, mm -hmm. um, then we end, you end up in the, almost like in a self-centered reality. And Paul has been addressing that all throughout 1 Corinthians. Right, exactly. Right? Continuously bringing them back to the reality that, no, just because you are saved and forgiven and set free and a child of God, that doesn't mean that you get to do whatever you want. Yeah, it's not a license to go and you know sleep with your dad's or mom's you know new spouse or whatever. What, that yeah, that was like, a, things were messed up. They were yeah. doing things that even non Christians wouldn't do. Right, but um, but Christian people wrestle with this also. Yeah. Honestly, when you were when you were preaching yesterday, I mean, I was sitting in the congregation with my family and just kind of looking around, and I. I mean, I know a lot of the people. I mean, most everybody in the church. I mean, there are some people there that for the first time that I, I don't know. Um, but most of the people I was sitting around, I'm like, I know these people. Um, but as you're talking about the Great Commission, I'm wondering to myself, like, how many of them are actually, like, living this out on a, on a daily basis? And I, I think for a lot of people in, in American Christianity, and you alluded to this, or not alluded, you quoted a Barna statistic that, you know, the majority of Christian people, church-going people, don't know the Great Commission. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder how much that was actually true um, in, our, in our church also. I want to believe that there are more that, that know it, because I feel like we talk about it a lot, but <laughs> I don't know. But what I'm getting at is I think a lot of Christian people struggle to make the connection between um, 
my Christianity, my, my, my habitual church-going life on Sundays, and the other 127 hours of the week. Right. I just, I think a, a, a lot of people, even strong Christian people, even church-going folks, have a lar- hard time seeing how those things um, intersect. Sure. Un- and, and, unfortunately. And walking, like walking through those hours with that knowledge that whatever I'm doing, oh, God is with me. Yeah. God's empowering me. He's, he's giving me these gifts, these abilities, or he's giving me these people around me. Yeah, um, yeah. no, I hear you. And I think that's, that's part of why I wanted to include that the piece about life feeling random, chaotic, um, and purposeless, because that's, like, I've experienced that a lot. Yes. Like, I remember a time when, and I admitted it, you know, in the sermon, like, I'm not always, great commission. I think you're onto something in terms of, you know, your hopes of the congregation knowing about the great commission, because I feel like I'm thinking about it more, even yeah. in my time being here. Yeah. You know? And that's just one year here. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, but, but, but going back in my earlier life, sometimes you get into the middle of your week, it's like all of a sudden everything's just feeling a little bit broken broken down and like disjointed and you know it's like oh my gosh what am I even doing here you know like in this world and then you know snap back to Sunday and it's like oh yeah I forgot like I'm forgiven okay (laughs) God loves me like oh I have like this renewed sense of of life you know uh, and kind of a recentering but I think we need to it'd be good for us if we could harness that more and more well, that's why that's why as a church, more and more we're we're trying to place an emphasis on um, intentional discipleship, mm. because that, um, and and we're going to be talking more about this in coming weeks. Don't worry, but uh, uh, intentionally disi- being discipled and discipling other people, because that that's part of the Great Commission: make disciples. Right. Okay. So it's because I I too grew up. In the church, right? I grew up, I grew up in the church, but I, I just, I don't know. For some reason, I grew up kind of with, just with this mentality, like, well, that's my Christian faith, and then I go and do my other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe there's this kind of, maybe there's this great commission. Maybe I am supposed to tell people about Jesus somehow. But when it's, when I'm left to my own devices to try to do that all by myself, I'm just, frankly, I, it's intimidating for one. I don't know really what I'm supposed to be doing, and there's frankly nobody holding me accountable to it. Right. Discipleship is the intentional kind of accountability. Well, it's it's a parenting sort of thing, hmm. um, and it, shoot, I mean we're getting ahead of ourselves again. I've, I've said it multiple times. We're going to be talking a lot about this in coming weeks, so stay tuned. If you like this sort of stuff, we're going to be uh, dialing in and all these specific relationships. But yeah. just think about. I mean, you mentioned uh, parents. You did it in the sermon. Mm. You said parents have children. That's right, yeah. Uh-huh. You said the parents dote on their children. You, you adore your children mm-hmm. when, they're, when they're babies. But that, it doesn't stay like that. Yeah. You, you raise them and you teach them. And, and, and I mean, I'm doing this. My oldest is nine now. And it's just like the stuff that I have to teach them on repeat um, and so that's why I, I'm, I'm asking for forgiveness for repeating myself, but frankly, we've got to repeat ourselves over and over and over again. And you need to hear these things, listeners, multiple times for it to really sink in, sink in yeah. um, until the point that you actually start doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So I have to keep telling my kids the same thing over and over again until it becomes something that they just 
that they just do. Right. It's a habit. Right? They just do it. Yeah. Right? They just do it. Um, and so that's what, that's what Jesus wants of his disciples. Not just, not just babies, not just people drinking spiritual milk. Yeah, that's cute and adorable. We, we, we love that. But Jesus wants to raise you up to the point that you are also kind of, a, like you said, a productive member of the family. What does that mean in discipleship language? Well, somebody who can be, also be a disciple maker. Right. And be, to be a parent. Yeah, yeah. Right? A child becomes a parent. Right. I mean, it's, it's cool too because, like, in these, uh, in in the um, post gospel, so in Acts and in some of the epistles and stuff, we also see this kind of discipleship relationship stuff happening too. Yeah. Right. Uh, when I'm thinking about accountability, I know there's a place where Peter, yeah. uh, one of Jesus' disciples, yeah, uh, he's kind of acting one way with the Jewish Christians, another way with, with the Gentile Christians, yeah. and is it Paul who's like, "Whoa, buddy, it's a." We're being a little two-faced here. Yeah. You know? and he yeah. Of, so he has to call him out and say, look, Jesus, he showed us a certain way. Yeah. And now I'm going to bring that in here because, and not out of contempt for Peter, yeah. not out of, I mean, it wasn't a hostile thing. It was a, look, we need to hold each other accountable yeah. on this walk because like you said, it's hard. Right. Like, let's just be honest. It's hard to be a Christian. Yeah. And it's really hard to be a Christian by yourself. Yeah. That's really hard. Right. Um, which I think is why God from the get-go has always had his people in a congregation, in a yes. community. Yeah. Right, um, that's part of part of really discipleship is connecting ourselves yes. to the larger body. Right. But um, but yeah, it's you know there's we need other people in our life to be showing us the way, and then we need kind of that mature, I guess, point in our life where we say, you know what, I, I kind of know the way, right? And I kind of can tell when there's other people in my world who like, I don't think you quite know it. Like <laughs> I see this or that and. Um, well, let's talk about that. You know, right. let's go back to what Jesus said, and and let's try to embody this more. Yes, yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, this is what Paul is doing with the whole church in Corinth, right? Right, right, right. And so the, this that what you just described that is the Great Commission. Yeah. Right. Uh, again, I just reiterate, like the Great Commission, when when Jesus says, "Go and make disciples," it it is not just, "Hey, you gotta gotta go move to Africa and become a full time missionary." No, 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 no. As you are going, as you get up this day, you know, uh, where, wherever you go, there will be opportunities mm-hmm. to speak the name of Jesus and to live as a witness of the resurrection um, in, that, in that moment. If you interact with people at all <laughs> on a daily basis, there will be opportunities uh, for you to live as a witness of the resurrection. And so, and m- my encouragement, if... If um, if you're not praying intentionally, Lord, open up my eyes to the opportunities to um, tell non-Christian people about your love. Um, um, if you're not praying like that, I encourage you to pray like that because as soon as you add it to your intentional prayer life, God will change your heart and He will open your eyes and your mind to the opportunities, right? But if you don't if you don't pray about it. It's just going to become, you know, a nice idea somewhere on a piece of paper, I think. Well, it'll be a one more disconnected, random uh, yeah. part of your universe. Another task, maybe. Yeah. That, it's out there somewhere floating around, and every now and then you might think, oh, yeah, there's that thing. Yeah. I forgot about that. I should like, probably do that Great Commission thing. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. right. And yeah. then it'll, <laughs> yeah. 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 So we have to build in these practices to help keep us disciplined. Absolutely. I mean, and that's built, obviously, into the... I mean, discipline and disciple, I think yep. those are related words, right? Right, and that's, and that's where the discipleship relationship helps 
with that accountability, with having somebody check in with you, saying, "Hey, how you doing? Who are who are you? Who are you raising up in the faith? Um, what are you learning in your head? What are you believing in your heart? What are you doing with your hands? What habits do you need to work on?" And you just over and over and over again, having somebody ask you those questions and asking somebody else those questions. I mean, that is that is the great commission. Uh, not one of us have been tasked with saving the world. Jesus already saved the world. Right. Right. Um, but we have been tasked with being a witness of Jesus on mission with Jesus in the places that Jesus has sent us. So in your home, in your neighborhood, in your workplace, at your school, you name it, wherever you go, you go with that great commission, you go with that resurrection reality, you go with that identity as a baptized child of God, you go with that, that purpose. So, man, I, I think that the Christian life is a great life to live. Well, and especially once you bring this mission into your life yeah yeah christianity gets pretty exciting yeah because now you realize whoa the stakes are actually kind of high yeah i got all these people floating around me yeah. that i have never even thought about never even considered them and they really need this yeah. like this is i mean of course like so, we mentally recognize these things but we just don't when we don't live by it mm -hmm. sometimes christianity can start to feel like well it's just a thing i gotta go give an hour to on a sunday and, yeah you know and it's it's way more than that right yeah, if you start putting it into practice, yeah, you will realize. Uh, you'll have, I mean, like, you know, we, uh, I think oftentimes Peter comes up and is stepping out on the water, yeah. right? You'll have a lot of those moments where it's like, holy cow, like, I don't, I don't feel ready for this, God. Yeah. And he's like, no, you are. Yeah. And that's the cool thing to me in all of this. And I hope, like, you hears, like, really resonate with this. It struck me just strongly this morning that, you know, we call it a task, and it is a task. But it's not... It's not like this huge burden that Jesus is putting on us. Right. It's kind of the opposite, like, for God. The God who saved the world and who could have chosen any method he wanted for this salvation to permeate mm. the world. He could have done anything, right? He could have snapped his fingers like Thanos yeah. and, 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 and not killed half the people. But I don't know. I never watched those movies, Marvel movies. But uh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus... He chooses to give this over to his disciples. Like to give it to these goofball disciples who he's been rolling around with for three years. And I mean, they were making all sorts of mistakes. But Jesus right. is like, no, I'm like, I, I'm giving this to you because I know you can do it. Mm. He wouldn't have given it to him if he didn't believe that. Right. And it's not because we're so good. You no. know? I mean, that's not the point. But the point is, wow, God, God is our father in a much real a more real way than I even give him credit for sometimes. Mm. Like he is actually saying, you know, hey son or hey daughter, like you're a man now mm. and I want you to take this out and go because I, tr I trust you, mm. you know? And that's really powerful when, when someone gives you a task and they're like, dude, you got it. Yeah. There's something really empowering about that. Yeah. And this is a big task. Yeah. So not to be burdened by it, but to hear, hear God telling you like, Look, I value you so much, and I trust you and love you so much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this to you. I know yeah. you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he knows we can do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, that's a good. That's a good word. That's a good word. Let's, uh, let's leave it right there. Yeah. Because there is so much more to say. We are starting a new sermon series on Sunday uh, called "Follow Me, Go and Be." So looking at, again, these words of Jesus to follow after him, but as we follow him, 
We also, we also go. And as he send, sends us to go and be disciple makers, it, we don't go alone. We go following after Jesus where he's already on mission. And so a lot more to come about this. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we just, we just uh, pray that you will add to your daily prayer life asking God to open up your eyes to maybe someone in, who can disciple you, somebody who's mature in the faith. If you don't have somebody uh, to disciple you, uh, pray about it. Ask, uh, uh, you know, ask God. Uh, talk to us. Uh, see if we know somebody. or uh, We've got people that we've been discipling who are also apt to be able to disciple others. Uh, we've been working on building out that network in our own church and community. Um, and then pray about who you can disciple who are who are the Christians that are younger in the faith um, that 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 you could help to raise up so, to to maturity and then third uh, who are people that you know that do not know Jesus pray specifically for them and pray that God will uh, provide opportunities for you to uh, be a witness uh, of Jesus and the resurrection in their lives also finally like always if there was something new here uh, something that you found um, interesting or insightful, uh, go start a conversation with somebody about it. That could turn into a discipleship relationship. The first step of this new discipleship right? relationship. So just start a conversation with, with somebody about something you heard and uh, trust the, that the Spirit of God will be at work in that, in that moment. So uh, for now, let's wrap this one up. Kevin, as always, it's good to be with you, bud. Likewise.